what do you think is more important the people in the room or the people that the people in the room know overcoming self-doubt is never easy and you can if you type in imposter syndrome into google there's a million pages about it but i think apart from anything you should embrace it welcome to the 22 minutes uh, podcast and um, today i'm joined by the legend that is gus bandel <laughs> um and legend in many senses of the word well wow. um certainly also in the linkedin arena um, which Thanks. is something we can we can go on to discuss um, in a little bit. Um, but firstly, Gus, can you just tell us a little bit about kind of your journey and and how you've got to where you are today, kind of sitting here on a on a podcast with myself? Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, this is the twenty two minutes podcast, right? So that's because I'm going to talk for about half an hour <laughs> in terms of my career. But yeah, it's um, where I start. So I did a marketing degree. I did a, well. I did a whole range of various subjects. I eventually settled on marketing and I thought, oh, this is kind of the second nature. I loved marketing. I had a long and illustrious marketing career in places. I worked at places like uh, Rolls-Royce and I worked alongside companies like Jaguar Land Rover and Aston Martin, worked in the engineering sector. Then I left all that to run a pub. So I ran a pub for a couple of years and that's where I really learned how to use marketing um, because without good marketing, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have bums on seats basically. And while I was there, I then started my own marketing agency. Um, so that's what I do now, help businesses with marketing. Um, been running that for six years and here I am today. Do you find it kind of, obviously when you, you were at the pub, you were running the marketing, do you find it different when you're running it there as to when you're now helping other people? Is it, is it a similar dynamic? Or? It's uh, Yeah, it's similar actually, because I think with all businesses, no matter what, you have to get bums on seats in, in whatever form, whatever service you're offering or product you're selling, etc. The point is you have to get people through the door. And I think... The marketing that I was doing for the pub simply, although it was a retail outlet and we had to get people through the door, all businesses are the same. And that's kind of actually why I started my marketing agency, because I thought it was so difficult to run a pub and do the marketing and everything else, you know, like the HR and the staffing. And, yeah. you know, I was doing the restaurant cooking and serving beers and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and messing about on Facebook and all that kind of stuff all at the same time. So one of the reasons I started my business was to uh, provide an outsourced service to others that need that needed the help that I needed while I was there. Fantastic. So in terms of kind of, I suppose now where, where you are and, and where you're going, hmm. what does success look like for you? What What's your kind of success for, for you personally, for, for the agency and, and where you're going moving forward? In, in terms of my agency, I always, I say always, never say never, but currently I feel like I want to stay as a company of one. Um, I have a whole range of, brilliant freelancers that I work with on various things that I can't do. So I don't do things like SEO. I don't do graphic design. Uh, I don't do Google ads and things like that. I work with a lot of people that do that, but the things that I'm specifically good at, people come to me for those kind of things like, you know, content creation, LinkedIn, uh, training, management, all that kind of stuff. So in terms of, um, where I'm going, what I see success as is being comfortable in my business, knowing that everything's going in the right direction that obviously there's got to be some sort of financial success. Otherwise there's no point doing it, but success is different to different people. Some people might say, I want to earn 10 grand a month, or I want to earn a million pounds a year, or I want to drive a Rolls Royce, which I'd love to, I'd love to drive an orange Rolls Royce. Well, I was gonna say of course. Orange Rolls Royce. Um, but the, for me, success is the flexibility that being, being able to look after my son, being able to do things at the weekends, being able to do things in the evening and, and all that kind of stuff and having the flexibility in my business to to yeah. manage that. So with your experience and your knowledge from the marketing side, um, and I think I think your LinkedIn profile mentions this, but 
you're very much strategy led. Um, mm. So you, you'll go in top level strategy, um, how businesses can make the most of their marketing strategy. And then as you just yeah. mentioned, you've got a really good family of freelancers that you then piece together mm. to effectively, effectively bring the right solution to your customer. Is yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I say that I run an agency. So although it's a company of one, so it sounds a bit weird saying, oh, I run an agency. Actually, it's an agency model in terms of I'll be the person that you speak to. I'll be the conduit to other people. Yeah. So if there's something that I can't deliver, I'll find somebody that can. And they're all trusted. They're all people that I've used for years and people that I know really well, et cetera. Um, and so I, I act like the agency conduit to yeah, yeah. the customers that, yeah. I, that I work with. But yes, it's all very strategy led. It's it's kind of like top level because I'm a marketing strategist. That's what I've kind of done for the last you know twenty twenty five years yeah. kind of thing. Um, so it's the top level stuff. It's the training stuff in the middle, and then it's the implementation. Should they need it? You know, a lot of companies say, "Oh, well, we've got somebody that can do it." They don't know how to do it, so can you train them? So that's great. If they kind of say, "Well, I don't have anybody to do it," can you do the strategy for us and also implement it? Then I can yeah. do that as well. Fantastic. So, what kind of advice would you give? to someone that's just starting out that's perhaps yeah looking to get into the marketing scene or just mm. to set up on their own i suppose we'll all agree it's been quite a difficult climate over the last certainly the last six months the, the past six months have definitely been difficult particularly from a you know cost of living crisis and you know a lot of businesses see marketing as a as a luxury as a nice to have so i always suggest that kind of try and find your niche try and find your market you don't have to niche too far kind of thing but it's the so my niche for example is service industry businesses as opposed to product industry kind yeah. of i don't deal with product-based businesses so it's, so you're looking at a niche there as a as a service not necessarily as, as who you work for not necessarily hmm. the services you provide yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so it, it is very much you, you have to know who your market is who, and who you're talking to if i was to give advice to somebody coming into the marketing uh, kind of arena i would say find people that you trust try and look for mentors people that you, you can kind of work under or work alongside um but also know who your ideal clients are etc the the most cliched of of marketing advice is always be yourself and i know everybody says it but it's really difficult to be yourself yeah because everybody else wants you to be somebody else yeah so it's a case of well this is my experience this is my knowledge and this is what i'm going to deliver and these are the people i'm going to deliver it to so as long as you're very clear in all that then you kind of focus and yeah. move forward and being yourself is so key isn't it because we, we were talking before actually we came on this podcast we we're talking mm. about how like you know perhaps when you start off you're wearing a suit and you're mm. trying to perhaps portray someone that you're actually not just to impress yeah. people but actually that can be a hindrance can't it so it's really important yeah. to be yourself i say as you dress as you yeah. as you come across to people i think that's really mm. important isn't it uh, yeah i think so yeah I, I still wear the suit it depends on the audience it depends on where i'm going and the meetings that i'm going to and all that kind of stuff um and for want of a better phrase it depends on how much money they're going to pay me <laughs> but, but um yeah the, when i first started networking and going out because everybody else wore a suit i thought i should wear a suit because i came from a corporate world it was nice and easy i just carry on wearing a suit etc but the people that you're speaking to and the people that you want to work with might be looking for something different now obviously i don't never judge anybody you know book by his cover uh, you know man by his clothes and all that kind of stuff but there is that kind of that preconception that people would have by the things that you're wearing i mean nowadays i wear orange trainers everywhere it's yeah. uh, you know any kind of thing and it, it makes me stand out and people talk to me about it and they want to have conversations about it and it kind of leads into yeah other i suppose things. people would expect you 
Uh, if you didn't wear orange, people would be shocked, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, in some way, shape, or form. I did a I did a live call recently. I'm a, I'm part of a couple of memberships, and I did a live call where I was wearing a, a kind of a purple T-shirt, and literally everybody was like, "Who's this guy?" And you know, <laughs> then I made jokes about, "Oh, is this Gus? Is that you?" Kind of thing, and you know, are you pretending to be somebody else? So yeah, it's nowadays it's, there's always something orange on. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. So kind of knowing what you know now, um, is there anything you would have done different? Or is there anything that you will do differently moving forward? Yeah, no, it's, it, in terms of what I've done before, I think only recently I've started thinking about end goals and what I want to achieve. When I first started my business, it was very much like, oh, I just want to cover my salary. I just what I used to earn before. I just want to cover that, yeah. which is a nice enough goal to have. But the point is, when you hit that goal, you then have to you know, move your success forward. I think one of the things that I would change is that I took far too long to move that success forward, to move the needle. Yeah. I was comfortable where I was. And yeah. I think I see other businesses move forward so much faster. Not that I'm comparing myself to anyone. It's, you know, you're going to run your own race, but it's, there are bits of procrastination. There's bits of, well, well, you know, I've hit that now and I should just stick there. Whereas you have to move forward you have to keep evolving your success and and that's one of the things i wouldn't say regret but that's one of the things i would change that i want to keep moving the needle and yeah. move it quicker than i have so yeah so going forward that's what i'm doing i i now have annual plans in financial year plans so i know where i need to be in april next year i need i know where i need to be in the april after that etc um and just keep moving forward and keep pushing towards that and i suppose by doing that by having those plans you're going to have kind of micro plans within that yeah. So if, if you know, you've got that plan by next April, you know, that between now and then you've got to mm. kind of have, I suppose, mini goals within that. Is, is that how you do it? Kind yeah. Mini goals to hit. So, so my long-term kind of business goals in terms of financial goals, in terms of what I want to achieve, in terms of where I want to be, I know that. Then I work back annually. Uh, and if we go far enough, I actually, on days when I'm working really hard, I work hourly. So it's kind of in this hour, I need to achieve this. And in this hour, I need to achieve that. So, you okay, know, so quite a micro level then. Yeah, you, really micro yeah. level, because I think most people have a to do list, which is never done by the end of the day. And one of the mistakes I used to make was on my to do list, I, I used to have things like rewrite your website or learn how to do LinkedIn ads and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to learn that in an hour or a day or right. whatever. So it just keeps rolling forward, which then makes you feel like, oh, I've never achieved anything. Yeah. When really it's kind of you have a to do list and a must have list and a kind of goals list and all that kind of stuff. So the to do list is an hourly stuff, but the the long term goals are kind of yeah, yeah. weekly, monthly, etc. But worked back from where they were in the first place. It's interesting because I'm, I'm kind of uh, in sales, so mm. I have a quite a big to do list, and mm. and the way that I've now started to arrange that is you know go down the list and which one is going to bring the most profit. Yeah. And if that task brings no revenue or profit, mm. then that goes to the bottom of the list. And yeah. you kind of focus on the ones that actually get you to that goal Yeah, that's a, quicker. Uh, so that's a, a way it, that it's a, to prioritize. It, yeah, it's a good plan. I think in our, in our businesses, in I think most business owners will tell you that they have things that are nice to have kind of thing. And again, another issue in my business was that I used to do all the networking. I used to go everywhere. It doesn't matter what it was. Somebody's opening an envelope. Somebody's cutting a ribbon at Audi. I'll be there. <laughs> it doesn't matter handing out business cards. And I, and it, it, those kind of things never move the needle forward kind of thing. Just because you're prominent and out there, that doesn't mean that you're making money in, in essence. So I'm a lot more streamlined in where I go now, what I do and, and so on and so forth. And it, and it is that if it's not making me money or if it's not, if it doesn't have the potential of making me money, 
then it's just a nice to have. Yeah. So in terms of earlier, you mentioned you focus on specific businesses. Hmm. Again, does that dictate where you network now? Yeah. So, you know, um, I like to go to networking events where there's particular niches or particular companies or a particular level of company because there's net, you know, I could go to three, four networking events a day if yeah, I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's so many. Yeah. There's so many things out there. And it's, a, it's apart from anything, it's finding the right potential customers, but also aligning yourself with the right businesses. Yes. So I do a lot of marketing events um, and as in attend events where there's lots of marketers and people kind of say, well, you're a marketer as well. Yeah, Why yeah. are you there for? And I'm like, yeah, but they're not all LinkedIn trainers or they're not all social media specialists or something. Everybody has a niche and some of them might bring me in the way I bring in freelancers. Some of them may bring me in yeah. to work with them. So it's about finding the right pockets of people to, to work alongside, to work with or work for. Yeah, which I think um, kind of going back to the question, I think that's such great advice for, hmm. you know, going back to the other question about what, what advice would you give? That's a really good way of, you know, people approaching networking yeah. to, to get the most out of it and, and perhaps not go, go down that route that you went where you kind of went to every single event yeah. possible. And I did, I, I had a lot of loyalty to a lot of networking events, which never did anything for me. And um, I was part of a kind of a, a coaching group called Atomic where they kind of said to me, well, why are you working so hard for other people? Because, you know, these networking events where they kind of say, oh, can can you run this for us and be like a, I don't know, a group leader and all that kind of stuff or whatever titles they give you um, and bring people in. But I never made any money from that. I was just bringing people in to make money for other people. Uh, it took me a while to realize that actually I'm just being used here for my network, but I'm not making anything out of it other than getting the kudos of bringing yeah. people in. So what advice would you give to people that are obviously setting up, they're, they're, they're going out networking, What's the best piece of advice to make sure they're networking in the right areas? I think particularly when business owners or uh, whoever it may be, freelancers, accessors, sole traders, go networking, it's about finding the right people in the room. When you go networking, it's about finding the right people in the room and it's finding who you can talk to, who could potentially uh, be a client or indeed introduce you to a potential client. But also at the same time, it's about being yourself. I mean, we've already established that. It's about being yourself and making sure that you're having fun. You're enjoying the networking event. These networking events where they give you too many rigid rules or kind of say, oh, you know, I mean, it works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. And I think it's as long as it's working for you in terms of the people that you're meeting, um, the food that you're eating, the the fun that you're having, et cetera, as long as it works and you can make it work in a comparatively short period of time, then do that. But cut your losses. I think that's one. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've found my experience with networking, I've had somewhere, you know, you've perhaps been lucky and you've got a piece of business quite quickly hmm. you've had others where you've had to really persevere it may take three four months before yeah. any, anything comes to fruition how, how soon would you say in your experience how soon should you be able to identify if this is going to be valuable for me as a, as a business owner for um for a lot of networking events that i go to i always give them six months i always kind of say right it's, it's a six month window yeah. not only to get myself established but also to learn about other people you know what i mean it's kind of I mean, I can tell people I'm the UK's number one LinkedIn trainer. You may not believe me until you've got to know me or connected on LinkedIn or had a conversation with me or done some training and all that kind of stuff. So I normally say, give yourself six months, but <clears throat> excuse me, early on, you should be able to recognize whether or not the people in the room are the right, you know, for want of a better phrase, do they have money? And are they, are they part of networks where they can introduce you to? Because I think a lot of business is about being part of the right networks, finding the right people, um, getting reciprocal support etc if it's very one-sided you will learn that very quickly basically. yeah and what do you think is more important the people in the room or the people that the people in the room know the latter because 
and that's what I teach on LinkedIn as well. Because one of the things on LinkedIn is you'll connect to lots of people that may not be your ideal clients, but they are connected to a bunch of people yeah. that are. So as long as you're reciprocal and you engage with them and you have conversations with them, etc., you'll bring lots of other people into your network. And that's kind of, and real life networking is the same. So the people in the room are important and you can probably quickly establish, are they the right people? Do they have the right business? Are they in the right industry? Do they have a large enough network, et cetera? Um, and they're the kind of, they're the places that you want to hang out. Same, same applies to LinkedIn. Have you ever experienced kind of self-doubt as a business owner? If so, how did you navigate that? I mean, I think I think it's safe to say most people kind of have some self-doubt in some way, shape or form. Yeah. In terms of you particularly. How I mean, that? I mean, I do today. I don't know how this podcast is going, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it is, I, I have self-doubt nearly every day. And I think my, my, in recent months, my biggest self-doubt was earlier this year, I lost quite a few clients kind of thing, just through either a natural attrition or they kind of uh, contracts came to an end or they kind of one I lost because of Brexit basically because they were being funded and by European funds and all that kind of stuff and a whole variety of things and you suddenly start doubting you're like why are they leaving why are they not good enough etc but I've always and still to this day encounter self-doubt for example I have a lot of testimonials I have a lot of positive people around me I go to a lot of networking I still get clients I you know I have I have a really good word of mouth referral network so Every now and again, it's kind of I'll open up my testimonials just to kind of read through them. They always make me smile kind of thing. But also it's the people that I speak to because I have quite a large network. I can leverage a network where I can kind of say, well, I need this support or I need this or I need that, etc. Um, and so, yes, overcoming self-doubt is never easy. And you can if you type in imposter syndrome into Google, there's a million pages about it. But I think apart from anything, you should embrace it, because if you ever thought that you're the best and you're the greatest, without kind of <laughs> taking the mic um if you ever thought that you're the greatest you know it's more likely that actually you're not and then you've got no room to to move if you know what i mean so, so you actually think if you embrace self-doubt it can actually help you improve as a person yeah it helps you push forward right it's, i think embracing self-doubt means that you it helps you to move forward because you know you're self-aware for the things that you need to fix or repair or you know and how you can move forward if you ever, and this is where, like earlier, we were talking about consistency and kind of basically saying in my business, there were things where I didn't move the needle fast enough because I settled because I said, oh, I'm great now because I've hit that income goal. So I will stay at that income goal. And actually, that's not that's not good enough because everybody else is moving forward and I'm staying where I am. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So the self-doubt is and the imposter syndrome and all of that kind of helps you to push forward to make sure that you achieve what you want to achieve. Gus, you are, as your t-shirt so rightly suggests, the UK's number one LinkedIn trainer. Can you kind of give us your opinion um, on really how powerful LinkedIn can be for people that are in business or that are thinking of setting up business in terms of generating new business? Um, how, how much should people be considering LinkedIn as, as, as a key part of, of their, their sales strategy, marketing strategy, whatever you want to call it, hmm. in terms of growing their business? I think LinkedIn is in, incredibly important in any marketing strategy and particularly kind of moving a business forward the gone are the days of you know newspaper adverts and all that kind of stuff etc you know billboards and you know street furniture and all that kind of stuff now obviously as we know everything is digital everything is online there's a path that most businesses have to take for example set up your google business profile get a domain name have a website connected to google analytics all that kind of stuff linkedin is the the world's biggest social media platform 
for business. As of today, it's got 950 million members, it's rapidly approaching a billion people, billion business people on LinkedIn. And it's just one massive networking site, basically. It used to be, oh, let's find a job or let's hire somebody and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Particularly since Microsoft bought it in 2016 and then kind of the pandemic, those kind of things exasperated the fact that actually we want to have conversations with other people. We want to go and talk to other people and get to know people, et cetera. And I think LinkedIn is brilliant for that because there's still that underlying, you know, like trust factor. I want to learn about people to trust them to then do work with them. Yeah. And I think that's where kind of LinkedIn comes. So for those listening that are perhaps utilizing LinkedIn more, that are trying to boost their profile, what, what, what's your best kind of, I suppose, what's your best piece of advice or pieces of advice in terms of you know consistency how much you should be posting what you should be posting sure uh, the, the the fundamentals of linkedin for for anybody should be make sure it sounds really obvious but make sure your profile says the right thing that's the was the first thing the second thing is make sure your settings and your security settings mean that your profile is open there's so many people where i see where their profile picture is not visible or their headline is invisible and all this other kind of stuff yeah. so you know, they're, they're kind of the, the basic, the fundamentals kind of underneath. But actually, the main thing is always be yourself, be consistent, be on the pl- pl- platform in whatever guys works for you. So whether it's once a week, once a day, once a month, whatever it may be, make it work for you. And the post that we're all waiting for from you is the post of you standing outside your orange Rolls Royce, right? Oh, absolutely. That, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, one that's, day. Yeah, that's, that's the one that that's really... the goal. <laughs> I, I, um, I saw a post on LinkedIn from Rolls Royce the other day, actually, where they've got a new, they've imaginatively titled it Orange Metallic. So that's the paintwork. So uh, that's what I'm going for, basically. So wow. it's like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, orange paintwork, black and I'm not sure my wife would be too impressed. So on the topic of LinkedIn, which is obviously really key to what we've been talking about today, um, we end each episode with a feature called LinkedIn or Linked Out. So this will be quick fire questions awesome. where you just give a kind of one answer. So we'll start off with Zoom or in the room? In the room. Meal prep or lunch out? Lunch out. Email or voice note? Uh, voice note for me, yeah. yeah. So I live by them. Um, one million Instagram followers or one million pounds? Oh, one million pounds. Yeah, all day. Higher salary or more holiday? I would say more holiday. My wife would probably say higher salary. <laughs> Word or Excel? Oh, Excel. I love Excel. Office radio or headphones? Uh, headphones. Tea or coffee? Oh, always tea. Uh, working hard or hardly working? Working hard. Productive in the morning or afternoon? Oh, uh, neither. I'm most productive at night. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Pause or rewind time? Pause. Brilliant. Great Thanks. answers. Thank you very much. Well, brilliant. Thanks uh, for joining 22 Minutes uh, today, Gus. It's been great having you on the show. It's been absolutely my pleasure. And um, we'll look forward to hearing more about you in the future. And, of course, the picture of you with your orange Rolls Royce. Coming soon, I hope. <laughs> Thanks again. Cheers. Brilliant. Thank you.